Well, hello, everybody. Happy Sunday. My name is Pastor Todd Coconado. I am so blessed that you are here today. We are going to get into some real authentic stuff today, talking about when you're messed up in the world, you have no hope, maybe even suicidal. You're going through a tough marriage. You're going through uh, a situation where your finances are really challenged. And you look to God and you say, God, are you real? You know, God, are you are you actually out there? Or, you know, is it what a lot of these atheists say that there's just no God? You know, is there a God if he's real? You know, will he reveal himself to us? You know, and so there's something that's in the Bible. It's called the Great Commission. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we're meant to go and to make disciples of the nations, baptizing them in the Father, in the Son, and the Holy Spirit in their name. And so we're going to talk about that today. Why? We need to make the connection. We need to be approachable. We need to be people that, you know, instead of just like, you know, preaching to people, really love on them and show them who Jesus is and make it a reality for them. What he's done in my life, he'll do for you. Just be real. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, we're going to talk about that today. Welcome to The Remnant. Let's go.
me tell you something. The practice of tithing has not been a church's invention. As well as the Sabbath, it has been established by God Himself, and it is practiced by all those who recognize Him as the Creator and Provider, and who accept the Bible as His Word. It was by Jesus Christ Himself who gave His life for the life of the world that this plan was devised. Abraham paid tithe long before the establishment of the Jewish nation, because instead of being a Jewish institution, tithe was planned to be a blessing to the whole of humanity. When alone, far from home, and with no material support, Jacob also promised to God, Of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. As the Israelites were about to be established as a nation, the law of tithing was reaffirmed, and all tithe of the land is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And concerning tithe of the herd or the flock, of whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy unto the Lord. But how can I know if tithe should really be 10% of all the income or increase? Can I return a different percentage as tithe? Should I return it from my salary only? What about the other incomes? Good questions. The very word tithe is a translation from the Hebrew word maser, which means a tenth or 10%, which is the same. So, as any percentage different from that cannot be called tithe, it is very important for the believer to regularly verify all the income or increase from any source, recognize it as coming from God, and calculate the exact amount that represents one-tenth of the blessing. Let us follow Solomon's invitation. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The Lord does His very best work with the broken pieces of our lives. All of the pain, all of the rejection, all of the hurt, and everything that you've had to go through. God takes those stories and He turns it into a message of restoration and redemption. And as the clay is in the potter's hands, when you keep your eyes on Jesus, so our lives are in the hands of God. So let me pray with you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this person and I thank you, Lord, for taking every broken piece, taking every broken season and turning it into a message of restoration. Lord, I pray that you would bring them into a season of promise. Lord, I thank you that all of your promises are yes and amen. And I thank you for healing hearts. Thank you for healing this person's life. And thank you for taking all of their brokenness and turning it into a message of restoration for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, everybody. Well, I'm super excited to get into today's message, which we're going to talk about. What is the Great Commission? You know, uh, there was a study done recently. And I think it was like 69% or 70% of Christians didn't even know what the Great Commission is. Isn't that kind of mind blowing? Do you know what it is? It's okay if you don't, because we're going to get you know, into it today and really share what it means. But this is one of the primary functions of a believer in Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God. What God has commissioned us as believers to do. You know, what are we supposed to do? A lot of people ask me that question as they go around the nation. They say, you know, Pastor Todd, what can I do? Well, there's many different things that you can do. Um, each of us has a unique calling, unique giftings. And so, you know, there may be some things that you're able to do that I can't do. There may be some things that I do that you can't do, but no one can fill your shoes. There's no one else out there that can fill your shoes. So God has a specific plan and a specific purpose for your life. And the enemy, the devil wants to stop you from fulfilling that calling. He wants to stop you from serving Jesus. He wants to stop you from even believing in Jesus. So that's why there's warfare associated with being a Christian, because, you know, ultimately this time while we're here on the earth is about where we're going to spend eternity. You know, did we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior? You know, do we have a relationship with him or, or you know, is he going to say, depart from me, workers of iniquity? I never knew you. So we want to be someone that has that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I know a lot of people say, how do I even have that? You know, I've, I've prayed and sometimes I feel like God doesn't hear my prayers. There's a lot of people that feel that way, but God does hear your prayers and he is moving in your life. And in fact, the Bible says the faithful, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So if you're faithful in your prayer, if you're somebody that sticks the course, that stays the course, even in the middle of the trial, even in the middle of the test, even when it doesn't seem 
like God is hearing your prayers, the Lord is going to be faithful to you. He's going to show himself faithful. And in the end, and how do I know this? Well, he's done it so many times in my own life, and I know him to be a faithful God. But there's times when you think he may not hear you. There's times when you think maybe he isn't going to answer your prayer. And sometimes he doesn't. But if he doesn't answer your prayer, it's because he's got even a better plan in his perfect will for your life. Or there's a reason because he's ultimately doing what's best for us and taking care of us. Now, there's going to be people that are watching and say, well, I prayed God not only did he not answer, but something very bad happened. Yes, this life, there can be pain. Uh, you know, things happen to the just and the unjust. Bad things sometimes. Sometimes somebody you love passed away. You know, some, sometimes there was an unexpected situation, a, a, an unexpected divorce, or you lost your job or something that happened that you weren't expecting. And you think, why would a good God allow this to happen to me? And I know that's a hard one for us to stomach and to process. And I can tell you, we, we may not understand everything in this life. We may not understand why God allows certain things to happen. We may not understand why God doesn't answer certain prayers. And sometimes that can be frustrating. But the enemy, the devil, the accuser, he wants to use those things to torment us and to make us feel like God doesn't care or God doesn't hear our prayers. Where, where the Lord says in his word, he absolutely cares. In fact, he loves us with an everlasting love that's so significant, that's so powerful that we can't even wrap our minds around it as humans, as people. Uh, his love is so powerful. It's agape. It's, it's just, you know, he loved us so much. He gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins and our unrighteousness. So the thing is, is I know that sometimes in this life, it can look really bad. It can look really grim. It could look like God's not hearing our prayers, but he's commissioned us to do something. There is a purpose for your life. If you lost your spouse, if you lost your child, if you lost your parent, if there's something very tragic that's happened in your life, you know we have to know that his ways are not our ways. He'll allow certain things to happen, but then he'll redeem them and he'll use them for his glory. He'll give us the strength that we need to persevere. He'll give us people that will come along our side and stand with us. He'll give us a hope, an everlasting hope, knowing that not only is it about what he's going to do here on this earth, but what he's going to do in eternity and that we're going to rule and reign with him in eternity. So the things that you're dealing with in this life, as real as they are, as significant as they are, as painful as they are at times, we, we've got to remember that we're just passing through. We're just passing through this world. We're, we're meant to fulfill our calling, show up, be like the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter six, where he says, send me, I'll go. We show up and then we let God and his Holy Spirit do the rest. And so many of us are in that place where you've had to endure certain things and you're like, this hasn't been easy. You know, well, it, it, no one said it was going to be easy. In fact, if you read the Bible, you know, everybody that was pretty much serving the Lord has gone through trials and tests and tribulations and painful things. But the, the key is that we endure, you know, because although there's trials and weeping may endure in the night, joy comes in the morning. And the Lord is going to, he's going to use us. He's going to give us what we need, everything that we need more exceedingly and abundantly, I believe, than what we need. And he's going to give you the strength. When I've had to go through some of life's most difficult trials and most difficult tests in my personal life, because a lot of people just see the glory. They don't know the story, you know, or they see like you in a certain position in your life and they think, oh, this guy, he's got it all figured out or he's just happy or, you know, no problems. Most people don't know that your life, my life, we've gone through stuff. We, we have things that many people don't even know about that we've had to walk through. We've gone through trials and tests and tribulations and things that were very painful, you know, and, and some of us carry shame associated with some of those things. And we, and we like to hold on to that shame for some reason. And the Lord is saying, I want to release you of that shame. I want to release you of the struggles. I want to release you of the pain because he says in his word, our yoke is easy and our burden is light. He wants us to lay down these things at the foot of the cross. That we are not meant to worry. We're not meant to fear. We're not meant to doubt. We're not meant to hold on to all the baggage. We're meant to release it to Jesus Christ. Let him carry the burden. He will fight the battle. Our job is to show up. Our job is to have faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with faith, with the faith of a mustard seed, we can move the mountain. And I think that in this time in the world that we're in right now, when there is a lot of stress and there's a lot of pain and sorrow and bad news, 
we, we have to look for that ray of hope. And we find that in the person, Jesus Christ. We find that in, in the God of heaven and earth, the one who sits upon the throne. We find that in, in, in the loving Holy Spirit, which is the wonderful counselor that, that gives us, creates in us a clean heart, renews a right spirit. You know, when somebody's attacking you, how do we get in the right spirit? Because it's easy to just, you know, let them have it. You know, it's easy to get upset and angry and mean-spirited and get caught up in the moment. And, you know, listen, it doesn't mean just because you're a Christian and you're nice, it doesn't mean you let people take advantage of you. It doesn't mean that we're sit here, we're meant to be a punching bag. You know, it doesn't mean that we're meant to stay in a situation where we're being abused physically or mentally. God has not made us weak. And I want to make the distinction there. You know, we're not meant to be weak just because we're Christian and we're followers of Christ. We're strong, in fact, in Christ. And so you don't have to be weak. You don't have to be abused. You don't have to take physical or, or mental abuse. But at the same time, we can't get caught up in the muck and the mire and, and go down to their level because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to drag us into that. So let's get into the scripture today. Why don't we go ahead and pray for this message? I know I've kind of gone on a little tangent here, but I feel the Lord was speaking. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for today's word. I thank you for this time where we get to come together. I thank you for the Great Commission. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the word that what, what we're meant to do. You know, many people ask me, what am I meant to do, Pastor Todd? Lord, I pray today there would be a clear word. You'd give a word to many people that are listening today that they would have an, an aha moment, that they would have a moment where they say, yes, that's what I'm called to do. That's what I'm meant to do. So I just want to thank you, uh, Lord, in the name of Jesus for who you are. And I pray that you'd use me today. You'd give me an unction of your Holy Spirit. You'd sanctify me. And we just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James. That's uh, the version that we usually use here, uh, the New King James Version. So it says this, it's the Great Commission. It says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came unto them and spoke to them saying, now listen to this, okay? First of all, we got to just break this apart. He, here he comes, okay? He's going into Galilee and to the mountain where Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw Jesus coming, some doubted. So isn't that just right off the bat, there's people that doubt. So isn't that like what we see today when you speak truth, when you're sharing the good news of Jesus, when you're sharing something, the Bible says, truth sets the captive free. There's going to be those doubters because that is the human you know, situation is that we tend to doubt and it's the human condition. And so don't worry if somebody doubts, because the Bible says the word of God does not return back void. So I just want to point out here that even Jesus was dealing with this. Okay, now Jesus came to them in verse uh, 18 and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now this, we're going to stop right there. Did some authority, did he lack in certain areas? No, Jesus had all authority. I want to make this very clear because there's a lot of people that want to argue about Jesus and you know, they'll basically say that he's not fully powerful or he's not fully capable. I want you to understand what the word of God says right here. All authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So is the devil more powerful than Jesus? The answer is no. Are the demons more powerful than Jesus? The answer is no. Is your situation that seems very grim, seems very, you know, like, how is this ever going to be fixed? How is God going to ever get me through this? You think I've never been in a situation like that? I certainly have. Where you look and you say, I don't know how God is going to fix this situation. I don't know how God is going to bring my son to Jesus. He's messed up right now. He's on drugs. He's totally in rebellion. I don't know how my daughter, she's in a tough marriage and you know she's being abused. I don't know how the Lord's going to deliver her. I don't know how God's going to answer these prayers. This is how the Lord says right here. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Okay, now here's what he says after saying that very powerful statement. Okay, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to stop here again. Okay, first of all, he's saying all authority in heaven and earth is his. And then right after he says, he says, here's what I want you to do, Christian, follower of Jesus Christ. Here's your mission. Here's your goal. Here's what you're supposed to do. He says, go therefore. Now, in the Greek, the word is ekbalo, to go out, to cast out, to drive out. Go, go out, cast out, drive out. Go out there. 
Be a representative of me. Be the salt and the light. Go and make disciples. There's an authority in that. That's why he establishes ahead of time all authority in heaven and earth to be given to him. Because when you work for the king of kings, when you're about the business of the Lord, you have that authority by your side. You have you are walking in that authority because he says he stands at the door of our heart knocking. All we have to do is let him in. When we let him in, when we operate in the Holy Spirit, we're going to get to this more in just a second. What happens? You then utilize the authority. What is the authority? All authority. Not some, not a little bit. So when we understand, when we grasp this, okay, when we grasp the lo- the logos, the, the 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 ability of the God of heaven and earth, okay, the the Godhead, the authority of Jesus Christ, which He says all authority is His, okay, all authority has been given unto me in the heaven and the earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop there because there's going to be people that are telling you that, no, don't do it in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's people, there's all different types of doctrines and theologies. There's going to be people out there that are going to tell you, "Don't don't do that. Don't baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But right here, plain as day, in the Word, Okay, in the New King James Version that I'm reading from right now, all authority has been given to me, heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them. Hear this. Hear this preacher. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded to you. Okay, now, I know there's certain areas of Scripture that are, uh, you know, controversial. We just got through a post this week. Uh, where people were just going ballistic on it because I said that women can do certain aspects of ministry. And I wasn't even arguing about women being pastors. I was just saying, hey, there's some anointed women of God out there that I believe are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And I believe they're called for this time to go out and to be about the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, to, to walk in the authority and the anointing and unction of the Holy Spirit. We're seeing this happening. We're seeing God using these powerful women of God that he's raising up for this time, just as he's raising up powerful men of God. I was actually quite shocked and surprised that people, I wasn't talking about pastoring. I wasn't talking about even a position in the church. I'm talking about fulfilling the great commission and getting people saved and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And I couldn't believe the amount of people that said, no, women can't do that. But see, the thing is, is I go to the Greek and the Hebrew, we study in the concordance and, you know, we look, we talk to theologians and people at doctrinal you know, all, I, this has been going on for 23 years that I've been doing this. And I can tell you that this scripture, the Great Commission, is not just for men, okay? If God had intended the Great Commission to be just for men, he would have said that. He would have said, men, go and make disciples. He would have said, men, he would have been very specific because he would have known that this would have been an area of contention. He would have known that this would have been an area of disagreement. But yet there are still people, and I believe that's religion. I believe that's a spirit of religion. I believe that's legalism. I do not see an issue with a woman going out and making disciples. I do not see an issue with a woman being about the Great Commission. In fact, that is the commandment of the Lord. And the Lord is establishing and, and ordaining. And so if you're a woman in ministry, keep going. Don't listen to what these people are saying. Uh, it's right here in the scripture. We laid out about 20 good scriptures that were unisex, that were both for men and women. And uh, I would love to go through those another day. But I'm talking about the Great Commission today. Because I think it's so important because if we grasp this in the Western world, if we grasp this in the United States of America, if we actually are about the business of what God has commissioned you and I, both male and female, to do, and we establish it, and we do it, and and we're actually about it, we will see the change that we desire in our society. We will see the difference happen in America. I've been, there was an island that uh, I know a pastor, and he was a powerful pastor, and he went to this island. And planted a church, and there, you know, there was a, a good amount of people on the island. It was, you know, not millions of people, but there was a good amount of people on this island out there, you know, by Hawaii. And uh, anyway, he goes out there, and within about a twenty-year span of this church growing and growing and growing and planting other churches in different parts of the island, you could feel when you went to that island. I mean, when I first started going there, you know, there was a bunch of prostitutes and drugs, and you could just feel a very demonic presence. When I go there now, you can see that there's been a shift in the atmosphere in this place. And that's because, you know, pastors and, and people of God 
started making disciples on this island. Now, is it perfect? No. Is there still problems there? Of course there is. But what I'm saying is that there's a, a spiritual dynamic difference change in the culture of that island and in the area. You can tell that God is moving there. And then I'm just using that as one example. I've seen this in other countries. I've seen this in places, you know, different towns where the spirit of the Lord starts moving through a vessel through somebody that's willing. And what happens is they start multiplying and making disciples and are empowered by the Holy Spirit because all power, heaven and earth. See, God doesn't make any mistakes and he doesn't just say something to say it. Every one of his words have significance, okay? And, and, and so the thing is this, when he said all authority, heaven and earth has been given to me, he prefaced what he was gonna say next by that because he wanted you to know that when you're about the Great Commission, when you're out there and you're going and you're doing what he's called you to do, he is going to be with you. He is going to be with you. And I'm going to share more about that in just a second. So let's read it again. All authority and heaven has been given unto me. We know that. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. That means all people, every color, every creed, every race. Okay. And, and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, a lot of people ask me, say, Pastor Todd, you know, if I don't get baptized in water, can I go to heaven? The answer is yes, you can, because we know uh, by the example of the man that was next to Jesus on the cross that he, Jesus himself said, you will be with me this day in eternity. And that's because the man believed in Jesus. He said, you know, yes to him, basically. And that's, that's what we need to do. We need to get saved. We need to say yes. So, you know, baptism is an outward expression of an inward change. And I do encourage everybody, because it's a commandment of the Lord, to get baptized, submerged, fully submerged in water. Because it, it's an outward expression of an inward change. And if you've never done it, I would encourage you to do it. It's a game changer. It changes your life. There's something different that happens because you're obeying the Lord. But this is what he's talking about right here. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. So when you're baptizing them in water, they're also getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, though. And that's a different type of baptism. In fact, the Bible talks about baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire. And that's the anointing, and that's the, the unction, the discernment, the gifts of the Spirit. Where you're, So this is where I have a real hard time understanding how some people say, you know, we're not meant to be Spirit-filled. When the Bible talks about Jesus comes into your heart and makes it his home, when the Bible talks about our body is the temple of what? The Holy Spirit. So if your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, according to the Word of God, why would you not be Spirit-filled? Because if you're filled with God, when he says, I stand at the door, your heart knocking, and all you got to do is let me in. So you let him in. What happens? Your body is the temple. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means you're filled with the Spirit. So if you're filled with the Spirit, you're able to do the things that Jesus was able to do in his ministry and even greater things. That's what he says in his word. You're able to do what he was able to do in even greater things. Okay. In Acts chapter two, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. Okay. And descended upon men and women in the upper room. Okay. And, and that was the fire. The fire, the anointing, the anointing. I believe the fire and the anointing are, are pretty much one and the same. I mean, you know, there, there's some significance to, to the word fire and what that means. We'll get into that another day. But for the most part, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. You have to walk in the authority, all authority in heaven and earth, given to who? Jesus. You're walking in that authority as your identity of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, a follower of Jesus. He stands at the door of your heart knocking. What'd you do? You let him in. Your body becomes the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now we understand what he's saying here. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, right? Teaching them to observe all the things he's commanded to us. And here's the deal. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. I quote that all the time. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. When we think the Lord has forsaken us, when we think the Lord has left us, when we think the Lord has not listened or heard our prayers, we are reminded by this scripture that he is with us even until the end of time. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Now, that doesn't mean there's not times when you're going through a test, when you're going through a trial. I often say the teacher is most quiet during the test. There's going to be times when you are tested. There's going to be times like Meshach, Chadrach, and Abednego when you are put through the refiner's fire. There is going to be times when you don't really know how you're going to get through. 
You don't really know what you're going to do. You don't really know, you know, what your next move is. And the Lord is going to give you an unction of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you divine strategy. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to impart to you a way out. There's always a way out in Jesus Christ. It may not be the path that you want. It may not be the path that you're praying for, but God will give you an out. He always does. So let's read it again now and say, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded to you. That's why we know that the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't change. We don't leave parts out. We don't, you know, not preach certain parts of the Bible. We preach the whole thing. Now, here's the thing. There's going to be people that disagree over certain doctrinal variances. I've been in ministry now for, I think, over 25 years. And, you know, my mom was a preacher when I was young. And I used to go around with her and some of her friends. And, you know, so I've been seeing this and and in this world for most of my life, even though I was in the world for a season, I've been in the Christian community for a long time. And I've seen uh, things that happen. I've seen, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly in churches, how people are hurt by Christians, how people have bad experiences. And some of these things are very tough. You know, some of these things are very tough. And so, but the thing, what, what the Lord is saying is don't focus on the 3% of, of doctrinal variances within the body of Christ, because there's going to be areas where people are just going to disagree. And we wish that we could fix it. We wish that we could stop the infighting. But we have to remember, there's people in the world that are, that are unsaved right now that are looking for an answer. They're looking for the answer. And we as Christians have the answer. Okay, that's Jesus. Now, are we ever going to ascertain perfection? Are we ever going to be a perfect individual? We're not. Okay, and I know there's some people that argue and say, yes, you're going to be perfect. Well, that's up to you. If you think you're perfect, that's great. But I, the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, the Bible says we have to die to our flesh daily. Okay, the Bible says that we are to renew our mind. Okay, and, and, and so we have to trust the Lord with all our heart, lean not on our own understanding, in all our ways acknowledge him, he will direct our path. He has not come for us to be conformed to the things of this world. He came so that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the renewing of our mind is what we have to find. We have to understand is, is that, yes, inflation is like, what, they said 10% or something like that. And your gas price is out of control. Food price is out of control. Uh, many, many people are dealing with financial challenges right now. I know our power bill is like almost double what it used to be. Um, I mean, we're, we're all dealing with this, right? But we know that the Lord is with us. We know that he's going to give us a solution. He's going to take care of our needs according to his riches and glory. And so when I go back to the, the scripture here that says, um, yeah, I think it's a verse 20 here, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded to you. So this is the deal is, is that it, we infighting has got to stop. Okay. And I've been addressing this a lot lately because I see it so much. Focus on the many areas that we agree. The people are watching the Christian community. The people are watching pastors. They're watching Christians. They're watching you on social media. You know, they're watching your interactions. They're watching your responses. They're watching what you say. There is a lot of people right now that are seeking, that are hungry. There is The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. There's people that are so hungry in your life. There's, there's people that are so hungry in your community. There's people that are so hungry in your, in your workplace. Um, we live in a community where they have this like site on Facebook. It's like a community site. A lot of communities are doing this now. And some woman put up that she's having a Bible study and all these people are interested. Now, these are secular people. A lot of these people are unchurched, but they want to hear the word of God. People are hungry. This woman started a Bible study in the community. Now a bunch of people are going there. Well, praise God. You know, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to have it all figured out, but we're commissioned to go and to make disciples and to pour in. If you only have the capacity in your life with your time and your availability to pour in one person, start there, start there. You have kids, pour into them, disciple them, mentor them, spend time with them. I know my little daughter, if I just take like an hour out of my day and I spend time with her, that means the world to her. She wants to spend time with daddy. She wants daddy to hear what she has to talk about. She wants to ask, ask daddy questions, you know, and that's, that's how we should be with Jesus, by the way, is we spend that hour of time with daddy, with Abba, with father, 
and we, we ask him the questions and we get filled and we get strengthened in our faith, you know? And so I would just encourage you to not focus on the 3% where we disagree or get into these big doctrinal, you know, uh, arguments. And I know I put something up this week that stirred some of that, but I think that this was something that the Lord wanted me to, to reveal because he kind of opened the door for this to happen. I had put up a post about, uh, Catherine Coleman on my public page and it opened a discussion that I didn't intend for it to open, but I think it was a groundbreaking discussion. I think that a lot of people were impacted by it and that's because it was the Lord. It ended up going viral. This is because it was the Lord. The Lord wanted this conversation to be had in this hour because through the sunset's free is free indeed. And we have to get to what the scripture actually says. And there's nothing that says that a woman can't be about the Great Commission. There's nothing that says a woman can't preach the gospel. There's nothing that says a woman can't be anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I see it all the time. And so let's read this again, okay? And with all this understanding now, okay? And Jesus came and spoke to them in verse uh, 18. It says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples. So I just love that. Again, I want to make sure that I enunciate this. I love that he says that first because he's he, he's basically qualifying this thing. He's qualifying that you're going to have the authority because you serve Jesus. He's qualifying that, look, if this looks too tough or you don't know how you're going to do it, don't worry, I'm with you, okay? Don't worry, I have all authority heaven earth. Don't worry, I've empowered you. Don't worry, I've given you every tool in your toolbox. Don't worry, I've strengthened you. You see what he does there? I love it. And then it says, go therefore make disciples. So when you have the question, what do I do? What do I do? What am I supposed to be doing? Here it is. This is the Great Commission. If we as the church just did this, now, of course, I'm all about the seven mountains and, you know, going into government, going into the education, going into Hollywood, going, you know, occupy, occupy until he comes. We talk about that all the time. But if we just did this, we'd see the nation change. If we just did this, we'd make an impact in our community. If we just did this, we'd be pleasing to the Lord because we'd be fulfilling his mission for our life as a Christian. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. That's his word. His word does not return back void. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is the bread, bread that we can live off of. He's not giving us bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God, every word that comes out of the mouth of God, that's the bread, that's the gospel, that's the message of the cross, that's the message of the word of God. Hallelujah. The sword of the spirit. What's the only offensive weapon in the armor? The sword. The sword. That's why we're to know the word. Study ourselves to be approved. Know the word. The word. The word. The truth sets the captive free. It's the word of God. The offensive weapon. Hallelujah. And it says, teaching them to observe the things I've commanded to you. And lo, I'm with you even until the end of the age. He's made a promise that he's going to be with us. He's made a promise that he's going to anoint us. He's made a promise that he's not done with us. He's made a promise that he hears your prayers. He's made a promise that he's going to go before you. He's made a promise that he's going to fight your battle. He's made a promise that he's going to fix that situation that seems impossible. I want you to grasp this because this is who you are. This is you. This is us. This is who we are in Jesus Christ. This is the reality. The reality is we have a mission. If we fulfill the mission, we're going to be blessed. How are we going to be blessed? Well, we're going to have everything that we need to fulfill the mission. You see, when the U.S. Army sends out a soldier into battle, that soldier is not just put out there, you know, like that uh, show Naked and Afraid. You ever seen that? Kind of a weird show. But, you know, that, the, the U.S. military wouldn't just put somebody out there with like no weapons, with no armor, with no backpack, with no nothing. They don't just drop you off. They, they equip you. They give you tools. They give you a gun. They give you ammunition. They give you backup. That's what I'm trying to explain here. That's who we are in Jesus Christ. He's given us the backup, the ammunition, the armor, the word. The, the, he's the one that has all the authority. We serve him. He established that in the scripture so we can understand who it is that we're serving. Hallelujah. Now, some of you are weary because you're alone and there hasn't been any support in your life. And you, and you yearn for that. You yearn for support. You yearn for somebody to, to affirm you. You yearn for somebody to say, you're, you're on the right track. You're on the right path. You yearn for some encouragement because all you get is flack. All you get is discouragement. All you get is people coming against you and hurtful words that are spoken from your spouse or from people in your life. I don't know who I'm speaking to. But I'm speaking to somebody right now. 
Okay. And, and so you're yearning. There's a deep, the Bible says deep cries out to deep. There's a deep yearning in your spirit. You say, God, please hear me. God, please hear my prayer. God, please answer my prayer. And the Lord wants you to understand who you are. You're serving the God that all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto. Think about that. Okay. So when we understand that, and we embrace who Jesus is. And we embrace what he's capable of doing. And we embrace that this is the God that we serve. Think about what it does. It disarms and dismantles the lies of the enemy from the pit of hell over your life, over your marriage, over your situation. It, it just is a game changer, friends. It's a game changer. God establishes in your life who you are and what you're capable of doing. And this is our reality. This is our reality. It's, it's embracing the cross, embracing what was done on the cross and being the salt and the light, going out and, and casting out, driving out. And that's why I believe in deliverance ministry. That's why I believe that the Lord is able to deliver and set people free because the Bible says who's the son sets free is free indeed. I know I've said that several times today, but it's true because there's some of you that are carrying the bondages. You're carrying the discouragement. You're carrying the lies. You're carrying the past. And you've not been able to shake off that past or what somebody said about you because it was so hurtful. It was so painful. And you've been carrying this burden. You've been carrying this weight. And, and this is our commission. This is what we're meant to do. Go and make disciples. Go out, cast out, drive out. If you lay down those words that were spoken, if you lay down the lies of the enemy over your life and you embrace who Jesus Christ has called you to be and don't listen to the naysayers and those that say you can't do ministry and those that say you're not qualified and those that say he does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. All he wants us to do is show up and say yes. You know, so once we do that, he's going to empower you. And this is the God that we serve, the God that has all authority. You can cast out the demon if your husband is demonized, if your wife is demonized, if your child is demonized, if there's something in your life that you feel is demonic, you can cast it out and drive it out in the name of Jesus. And that's what the devil doesn't want you to know. The devil doesn't want you to know your prayers are effective. The devil doesn't want you to know that reading the word of God and then proclaiming the truth of the word of God is the sword, the offensive weapon. It is written. It is written. The Lord thy God says this. This is what the word of God says. It is written. Hallelujah. It is written. You're able to change that situation that seems so impossible. You're able to change. Listen, you just got fired from your job or you lost your job. God says he's got something bigger for you. Okay. Your marriage is in trouble. God says, I got something better. I'm going to, I'm not, not that you need to go and get another person, but what he's saying is that I'm going to restore and fix this situation. I'm going to do it in a way that you never thought I could. Don't give up. You see what I'm saying now? Of course, I talk about if somebody's being abused physically or mentally in such a capacity where you're under attack constantly, then God does give a way out in the wrong marriage that, you know, if you're in a marriage and, and it's just, that's the situation, you know, God does give a way out even in the scripture. But I believe in most cases, in almost all cases, we're supposed to fight for our marriage. We're supposed to contend for our son. That's a, a prodigal, you know, it's a future prodigal, our daughter that's addicted to drugs or that's living a sexually promiscuous lifestyle. We're able to contend in the supernatural and pray and speak the truth of the word of God. And that's why, you know, evangelists like Billy Graham, why do people talk about Billy Graham as like America's pastor and, and somebody that literally for years and years was uh, out there, you know, getting people saved like Reinhard Bunke and some of these people, they were out there and there was a call of evangelism on what's evangelism. Evangelism is fulfilling the great commission. Evangelism is, is setting the captive free. Evangelism is telling the people about Jesus Christ. That's what this country needs. That's what we're able to do. People, we have an answer. His name is Jesus. We have a solution. His name is Jesus. If we get fired up, if we're on fire for him, you know, if we're asking the Lord, give me a fresh anointing of your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. I just want to pray this over somebody right now. Lord, give them a fresh fire of your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Somebody has been weary and they've been doubting and they've been fearful and they, they, they just feel so burnt out. They feel so burnt out. Today, you're saying there's a restoring, a restoring over them. Lord God, get it back on fire for you. Get them back on fire for you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody need to receive that right now. Thank you, God. Give this. Somebody's just been robbed of their joy. You've been feeling so much pain and suffering and, and sadness. And God is just saying, just step into the living water today and receive this fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Receive the joy 
receive the peace. Yes, thank you, God. Thank you. Somebody's just got to step, just literally step into that living water right now. A refreshing of you, a refreshing of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Somebody's got a critical spirit. You have been so critical of everybody. And that the Lord is just saying, you got to lay that down. You need to, there's, there's a heart surgery that's going on with you right now. God is, is restoring the joy, the peace, and the love. Thank you, God, for the love. Thank you for the love. We are known by our love. We're known by our fruit. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just spend some time with him right now, church. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Restore this group, Lord God. Give them a fresh revelation, Lord God. Give them your water, your living water today, Lord God. Thank you, God. We love you. Answer the prayers of the righteous, Lord God. Thank you for those prayers. Thank you for those prayers. The Lord is just, he's just hearing those prayers. He's moving in your situation. Don't let the enemy lie to you and tell you that he's not moving. God is moving. He's going to answer your prayers. He's going to answer them exceedingly and abundantly, I believe. This is our reality. This is our reality. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them the ways of the kingdom. Teach them the ways of Jesus Christ. And God is going to be with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this group. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to move so many lives. And Lord, I just want to give the opportunity right now. If somebody says, Pastor Todd, I'm not sure if I was to die, if I were to get killed, if Jesus were to come, I want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. I want to make sure that's me, Pastor Todd. If that's you, just lift your hand right now, wherever you are. That's me, Pastor. I just want to make sure I'm on my way to heaven. The Lord sees your hand. Just lift it up right now. Yes, that's me. That's me. I want to I want to give my heart back to Jesus. I've walked away. That's you. Lift your hand. Today is the day. Today is the day we come out of darkness and we step into the light and the life of Jesus Christ. If that's you, just repeat this prayer. Just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for dying for me on that cross. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I want to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If that's you and you just received Jesus for the first time, please let me know. Shoot me an email, todd.coconado at rlcus.org or call me or text me 818-470-7963. We love you. We bless you. We want to send you a Bible. We want to pray with you if we get that opportunity. Thank you for accepting Jesus. This is the first day of the rest of your life. And I believe God is going to do some powerful things in your life. But we're here to stand with you. Please know that. And if this is your church, please know we're here to stand with you and get in contact with us so we can be praying for you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll be back next week. And remember, you are the remnant. God bless. We'll be back. All right. Our next presenter, our next presenter here um, is absolutely a sold out, unapologetic, freedom loving pastor. This guy is the best. And every time someone goes on Telegram and accuses me of praying to Satan, this guy's got my back because I, I don't pray to Satan, but people on Telegram, but Boomer has a click hook, praise to Satan. And he always will point out that uh, I don't pray to Satan. I appreciate him supporting my wife because how many of you here uh, are, are married to a, a, a woman who has a soul? I mean, you know, it could be awkward if you're sitting next to her. My wife, does, she's a nice person. And when people write crazy stuff that's not true about the family, you know, my wife is always like, I know that Jesus has a plan for them, and I'm going to pray for them. But she's kind of like borderline crying while praying for her enemies. And I want to go find them and put them in a headlock and rebuke them with a fist, you know. And my wife, you know, it's just... And so this guy, Todd Coconado, he calls and prays for our family relentlessly. He's a great friend of the movement, a great friend of America. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet Pastor Todd Coconado! Hello! Y'all are awake still, right? Okay, good. It's so good to be here. God bless you. You know, when I came into Virginia Beach, there was this sign, and it said, uh, I'll make sure I quote it correctly, but it said, uh, enjoy life every day. You guys seen that? Where it says, Virginia Beach, enjoy life every day. And I thought, wow, that's prophetic, because how many of you are excited about what just happened with Roe v. Wade? Are you excited? I don't know about you, but I've been praying for that for so many years. 
And, and the Lord did a suddenly, and what was so shocking to me was is that there were ministers of the gospel that didn't even mention it. Did you guys see this? Didn't even, one of the biggest victories. Now I want to talk about something prophetically here because what I think happened, and I've been praying to the Lord about this, and actually this morning I spent time in the presence of God because I didn't want to just come out and just talk about fluff or nonsense. I really wanted the Lord to give me a word, and I believe he did. And so I'm going to share that with you today, if that's okay. But, you know, many are the plans of the wicked. How many of you guys have heard some of their plans these last two days? And it can be heavy. And it can be overwhelming. And you know what's even more overwhelming is when you're the only one in your family that's awake. How many of you have experienced that? I'm not talking about being woke. I'm talking about being awake. And so I ask the Lord because I go all around the country and people tell me, Pastor Todd, it's so hard. You know, I'm the only one in my family. I got, you know, two kids that are liberal. I got, you know, a spouse that doesn't really get it. And trust me, I understand to some extent. But when I, what I went to the Lord, I said, why is this? And you know what he said? He said, well, here's the thing. You could be one of two people. You could be the one that's awake or you could be the one that's asleep. He says, so be blessed if you're the one that's awake because you have eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. And God has anointed you to wake others up. It's a heavy burden, but at the same time, it's a lot better than being the person that's asleep. Amen. So look at your neighbor, wake them up if they're sleeping and say, thank God you're awake. Look at your other neighbor and say, I stand with you. Come on. In Psalms 37, 12, it says this, the wicked make evil plans against good people. They grind their teeth at them in anger, but the Lord laughs at the wicked because he sees that their day is coming. Their days are numbered. In Luke 18, or I'm sorry, Luke 8, 17, it says this, it says, for nothing that is hidden will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known that comes to the light. All these wicked things. I know there's a lot of people that carry a burden. They got to expose everything. But you better believe that God will not be mocked. Not, not only are people that are in leadership held to a higher standard. But I'm telling you, I don't know if you guys heard Pastor Kent Christmas's word recently. But he gave a word about judgment in the house of the Lord. It's very sobering if you haven't heard it. And it's spot on, by the way. And so woe to the leaders that don't stand and don't say anything, and don't warn the saints of God, and don't walk in the Issachar anointing of discerning the times, and aren't watchmen on the wall. Woe to those people. Because the Lord is coming back for a church without spot nor wrinkle. It doesn't mean he's coming back for a perfect church. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But he's coming back for a people that hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's coming back for a people that are willing to take a stand. That's you. If you're here... You're willing to stand. And look, it's great to go to a conference and to get recharged and exhorted and strength. I hope you're exchanging numbers and meeting new people. But the key is what we do when we leave here. Because many people are trying to say that America's done. Have you heard it? People say, oh, it's done, Pastor. Just prepare them for the end times. That's it. And listen, I believe the hour is late. But this is what the Lord shared with me today, and I want to share it with you. In Daniel 7.25, it says this. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of a time. Now listen, we all know that's about the tribulation period, the beginning, the three, three and a half years and all that, but listen, the devil is a counterfeiter. He's been counterfeiting since the, the beginning of time. He's a liar. Okay? And so here's the thing. He is trying to convince us that it's the end. It's done. It's finished. He is literally faking the tribulation. And so there are weary saints, and many of those things are happening, but the end is not yet. You know, when the whole thing started happening with the Ukraine, and we know about all the deep state stuff in Ukraine, and there's a lot of corruption there, and there's a lot to that story, and a lot of people don't get it. But many of you get it. But here's the thing. When that, they started talking about... You know, it's the end. There's going to be a big war and everybody's going to nuclear war. And I went into my prayer closet and I called upon the name of the Lord. And I said, Lord, are we done? Is it the end? And he took me to the scripture where it said there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. But what does it say after that? 
The end is not yet. He told me that we have one more round. And he's giving people visions and dreams. And he's speaking to some of you. And he's calling you by name. And he's activating. And he's calling people that honestly are no names. And that's okay. Because a lot of the people that have names haven't done anything with their position. They've had great resources, great wealth, all these things. And what do they do? They build a soccer field. Or they do something just totally, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not against soccer, but let's be real. We're in an urgent hour. I go to, you know, in, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. There's, there's like as many churches as there are Starbucks. Could you imagine if all those churches were doing the Great Commission and were out there and being the Church of Philadelphia and said the Church of Laodicea, the community would be changed, the city would be changed, and the nation would be changed. So the enemy is trying to counterfeit the end because he wants to wear down the saints. He wants you to feel alone. And one of the reasons why we have these gatherings is so that you can see clearly that you're not alone. Because I've been to so many of these cities and we're preaching all over the country and I'm seeing people just like you that are, that are empowered by the spirit of living God to be history makers in this hour. You're not alone. God has not forgotten about you. He hears your prayers. You know, Israel was chosen by God, but America chose God. We made a covenant, but there had, to, there had to be a disruption. We couldn't have continued to go on in the direction we were going. We were apathetic. We were complacent. We allowed leaven in. The Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. We allowed compromise in. It started being more of a show, a concert, little fog machines and all these things. And we got away from our first leaven. So there had to be a disruption. And then Donald Trump came. Now listen, how many love Trump? Newsweek has literally written an article about me for this, and maybe they'll do it again, but I said the mantle of anointing is upon President Trump. That's why they're still after this man. Now here's the thing, we don't worship Trump. It's not about Trump, you guys know that. We're just thanking God for what he did because he brought somebody in that was a disruptor and he used him just like he did Silas with the anointing upon his life to wake people up. And to, so here's it, Trump, then COVID, what happened in COVID? We saw who, who was willing to stand, who was willing to stay open, who was willing to lay hands on the sick. We saw who the lions and the generals were. And then we saw the people that were willing to shut down, some of them for a year. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of the brethren, but people, you know, they didn't listen to that, did they? Then this whole Roe v. Wade thing came, uh, suddenly. How many saw the Georgia Guidestones come down in a day? In a day! Many are the plans of the wicked, but guess what? Our God is bigger. He's stronger. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's not out of resources. He's raising up a remnant for a time as this. He's not done with America. He's with us even until the end of the age. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He says, occupy until he comes. He says, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage. So now is the time for us to stand. You just saw about a hundred pastors. Thank God for lions and generals. Listen, but something was said. I think it was Dr. Garlow that said it. And I'm going to echo it. We've got to stop supporting these institutions that are willing to compromise. Even the, even the big churches. Now, there's some good mega churches. Thank God there's some pastors like Pastor Jack Hibbs and, you know, Pastor Rodney Howard Brown and some, you know, that really stand, okay? But then there's others that don't say anything about anything and they've been doing it for years. And why, why are we supporting them? We've got to come out from among them. So this is a big separation and preparation before we go into the destination. And so God had to shake things up, and that's what this whole thing is. It's a big shake up, because we got to return back to Jesus Christ, our first love. We've got to preach the entirety of the Word of God. We can't leave parts of it out. we got to say marriage is between a man and a woman, and not worry about what they're going to say, or how they're going to cancel us. we got to say, listen, the whole trans thing is demonic. Let's just be honest. Okay, what they're trying to do to our kids, this is all indoctrination, and guess what it is? It's demonic! And the pastor's got to call it out. It's demonic. But guess what? When you say that, then you say this. We have the authority in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit to pull down the strongholds. The Word of God says that he's given us authority to trample on scorpions and devils. Hallelujah. And so I, I don't want to be, you know, there's that scripture. I know Peter. I know Paul. But who are you? I never want to be. Who are you?
I want the demons to know my name. You know how they do that? We spend time in the secret place in the war room. We call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so I'm hopeful because God wouldn't be given visions and dreams and anointing people that were hidden that are now coming out. A lot of these speakers and people, they've come out of nowhere. People are like, where did they come from? It's the anointing on their life. But guess what? Like Isaiah chapter 6, they said, send me, I'll go. And that's what we're doing here is we're being activated. Not only are we making friends and we're being encouraged and we're listening to great speakers and we're getting information, but there's an activation that's happening with you because you're going to go out to the highways and the byways and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do? And we're going to say, yes, yeah, send me, I'll go. And we're going to show up. And that's what we do. We show up and when we show up, God does his part. He gives us the visions and the dreams. Some of you have big dreams and a big calling on your life. I'm going to tell you, when, when I stepped into ministry, there's a whole testimony. I was a child actor in Hollywood. I got stabbed nine times. I have a crazy testimony. One in the heart. One in the presence of the Lord. God told me in, in that time when I was basically dead on the way to the hospital, he said, you want to live or do you want to die? I said, I want to live. He said, well, if you live, you've got to tell everybody two things. Number one, I'm real. And number two, you've got to be on fire for me. And so I went from being an actor, totally messed up in a promiscuous lifestyle, addicted, clubbing, you name it. And he put me into a Bible school under Dr. Jack Hayford, and I was able to learn ministry and deliverance and healing. And the thing is, is that whatever he's done for me, I'm no better than anybody in this room. He'll do it for all of us. It's about the anointing. He wants to use each and every one of you. Don't worry how big your platform is. Don't worry how many people follow you. We are speaking to an audience of one. And when we show up, God does something extraordinary. And so he's calling us. And so it's no mistake that you're here. It's no mistake that you're alive in this hour. It's no mistake that we're in this building right now. And so we just have to give the Lord glory and praise for who he is. And so on my last minute here, if you wouldn't mind just standing, I want to just pray. Pray for our great nation. And speak words of life. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And so we're going to speak words of life over the United States of America. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, intercessors, help me out. We declare and decree that you are not done with the United States of America, that this is the hour that we stand up, that we rise up. We call upon your name. We turn from our wicked ways. We repent. We love you. We honor you. We give you the glory. We pray for the Trump family. We pray for those that are taking a stand in leadership, general like General Flynn and others, Mike Lindell, many of the people of God, people that are standing up for positions in politics, uh, people that are just standing up and showing up. And I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, for each and every person here that has the unction in their spirit to come here, to learn, to be equipped, Lord God, that they would go out, and Lord God, they would be a fire starter for the glory and the kingdom of God, because you said there is one more round, that you are not done, and we believe, Lord God, that the best is yet to come. In the name of Jesus, give them praise.